Seventh morning of talking to you since lockdown. We just got a letter from the big boss yesterday that they're, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get us back to the office, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen like immediately soon. So you might be stuck with me for a few more weeks, which would be cool because we could finish the alphabet. Today is June 3rd. Uh, it's my ex husband's birthday. So shout out and happy birthday to Davey. I uh, can't message you on Facebook. It's not allowed. So <laughs> happy birthday. Not that he listens, but that's okay. It's a thought that counts, right? All right, here goes. Our quote comes from Betty Ruddy and Orv McElfrish. The process of growing in detachment allows the entire 12-step program to flow. Just as addiction affects the whole family, so does recovery. The principles we learn often improve many aspects of family life. We are more open, more calm, more honest, more eager to share, and more ready to listen. But some family members may be resistant to recovery in any form. We have found the best way to respond is by detaching with love. We must protect our own recovery and, try, and not try to change others. Families can be a source of strength. If we do our own part and learn to detach with love, we give others a chance to see firsthand the joys of recovery. Detachment with love is a beautiful tool when others choose not to support our recovery. We can keep growing and avoid getting tangled up in the resentments of others. Today, help me remember that what is true for me might not be true for someone else. Help me practice recovery principles in all my affairs. We've chatted about this before with, when we think about the process or our journey. So other people are, are impacted, but we, we have this head start, right? Like I gambled, well, Davey knew a lot of the fact that I gambled, but he didn't know it was quite, um, I don't know. I, I had a relationship with gambling a lot longer than him and he didn't go through quitting with me but I had a big head start and I compare it to the divorce because I was further along mentally in the divorce than he was so his feelings and stuff kind of had to catch up he had to go through his own hurt anger whatever feelings that were there where I had already processed some of my feelings. So essentially, I was ahead in time. And the same thing can happen when you go through the transition of active gambling to, to not gambling. You, you've been gambling maybe in secret, maybe, maybe not, but you've built up to where you are that brings you to the point that you want to quit. And you've gone through 
the pain and the hiding and the lying and and the shame and all those feelings that lead us to the point where we make that decision where we want to quit. So then we so then we stop gambling and maybe it's at this point, you know, we're telling people because we're either going to 12-step meetings or we go to treatment or whatever that looks like. So that might be when you start recovering, that might be the first time your family and friends know really the magnitude of what's going on with you. So if they're just getting their, that information after, say, 10 years of you gambling, they're 10 years behind. So when they start find, finding out the processes, um, you know, the lies, the money issues, um, you know, anything that really comes with grieving, gambling going away. And I, I believe there's some, you know, grieving to when we can't bet anymore. I know I miss my boyfriend gambling. So they then have to start processing the same way as if it was in a divorce and one person knew and the other one really didn't. So this is one of the reasons that I think it's super important that when we do come out, we share all the damage. We don't hold back. We don't, um, you know, piecemeal. Okay, well, here's some of what I lost or here's the first second mortgage I took out on the house, but then maybe not tell them about credit cards or another, you know, second mortgage, whatever. Don't, don't lie anymore. Like come clean with it. So that's part one. And, and understand that they may, they're going to have to take their own time. And I think, I think the wording was, you know, recovering without resentment, essentially. So you have to, you have to give them some, some grace and some space and let them process. Detaching with love. Then the other thing, and this one's pretty, pretty crazy. I had never thought about this this way, but, and again, my journey was a lot more solo when I went through the recovery part of it. But if we start growing and changing and evolving, that's like very personal to us. We know what we're feeling. We know that we've turned off the button on like the addict brain and we shut it off and, and we're changing and we're feeling maybe more at peace, more serenity, more calm. We might have more ability to handle things. So for me, sarcasm is one of my my MOs. I've told you that before, right? And when I'm in recovery or when I'm in, you know, my positive space, I may say something and because I've grown and changed my perspective, I might be very genuine, but people who've known me for years and years might be thinking I'm being sarcastic because it would be how I would have reacted or spoke or or behaved when I was when I was gambling. Now, they may not make that distinction, but there could be two different versions. And the way it's been explained to me is that there's people in our lives that still see us in our story, meaning 
they still think that maybe we're lying, hiding, you know, cheating on them with the casino or, you know, all those things that came with the gambling, not being present at family functions, you know, having expectations, having PTSD from our behavior, all these things. So they're looking at us like we're in our story and we're progressing. So there's a big disconnect there. And we have to challenge ourselves to own what we can in that disconnection. So we can't make it worse, right? We can't blame them for not changing with us. We have to be mindful and kind about the fact that they have their healing to do and their progress to make. So we need to keep it in the back of our heads that our people may still still see us in our story and they may not understand recovery and they may not ever understand recovery. And it's no different than applying, you know, serenity prayer thinking. You can't change the way they feel. You can't change what their expectations are. You have, you're powerless over that. And that's okay. As long as you continue to take care of yourself and don't get, you, you can't get in the fix it mode. Like they have to do what they have to do. And um, I always am an advocate for, the others getting the help they may need to, whether it's counseling or Al-Anon or Gammonon or, you know, like whatever those resources are. I think I'm very fortunate because I, this is going to sound really crazy. So because I have an addiction, but I've also dealt with people in my life that have had addiction or do have addiction, I get to see both sides of it, right? So if, yeah, I guess I'm going to pick on my brother. It is what it is. Uh, So when he's in craze mode, I am prepared, probably better than most, because I've been doing my therapy, my meetings, my internal work, my spiritual work, my blah, 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 you know, like all those things that, help me develop me, but they also are helping me deal with the person, the other person. Um, So I know that like right now he must still be angry. He still hasn't talked to me or whatever. And that's fine. I could very easily, you know, allow that to impact me on a level that was harmful to me. And I can't, do that because it's not allowing me to put my recovery first if I do that. So that's what I think this is saying is let's not lose sight of of who we are and where we're going while trying to deal with people who are still trying to figure out where they're going and what their way is. And I've heard I've heard stories that you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, um, someone could be away from, you know, their drug of choice and their family still sees them in their story. So it's better to learn how to navigate that, I think, than fight it. Because if you fight it, it just, it goes back to the simple premise. If we fight it, it stirs up all this negative energy and frustration and anger and 
all those things that take away from our, our pot of our, our place that we hold for all the positive stuff. So that's a pretty good reading. And I hope, I, I know it's one of those easier said than done ones, but I hope that and that helps you navigate some of the folks in your life. And, and when you are struggling with that, just remind yourself you're ahead of them and your journey and you can't fault them for that. Because essentially it's our actions that kind of position them that way anyway. Okay, today's letter is C, so if you're hearing this early enough to get your vote in for our C word for tonight, please, wow, I didn't realize how bad that sounds, the C word. Anyway, um, yeah, if you want to, thank God you're adults, right? Um, if you want to get your vote in, go for it. If not, and you want to just come back and listen to what C words you decided tonight, I'll see you then. Have a great day, beautiful people.